Welcome to Bewildered. I'm Martha Beck, here with Rowan Mangan. At this crazy moment in history, a lot of people are feeling bewildered, but that actually may be a sign we're on track. Human culture teaches us to come to consensus, but nature, our own true nature, helps us come to our senses. Rowan and I believe that the best way to figure it all out is by going through bewilderment into bewilderment. That's why we're here. So, Marty, I think there's a pretty good chance that our listeners are out there going, oh, wow, I have a lot of cultural messages in my head and Mm -hmm. it's not that easy to access the voice of my true nature. Yes. And I don't know, they might be thinking, is there anything else that I could do other than listening to this podcast to help me learn to listen to my heart? Well, I had this question, even as a young child, I would say, I am not happy. And people would say, well, it's all in your head. And I'd be like, I know, get it out of my head. But nobody could really help me do that. And so um, in my 20s, I sort of made up a system to help me detach from cultural messages and connect with my true nature. And it ended up being my career as a life coach and then training people to do the same thing. And I think that, you know, it's just like people who feel the urge to heal themselves, help others heal and heal the world, Mm. that this this term life coach sort of slots into that in our culture. And people take the training to hang out a shingle and become life coaches. People take the training because it's like getting life coaching yeah you know and people also take the training just to learn to access their own true nature yeah it was originally just a access your own true nature course Mm -hmm. but when you've mastered that you really want to share it with other people and people want to be shared with and they will pay you money so if that's the way you want to go that's why it ended up being life coach training but it's actually wayfinder which is different. It's about finding your way by connecting with your true nature and and steering your own course. So if people are interested, you can Google Wayfinder Life Coach Training or go to marthabeck.com and you will find your way. Yes, you will. Hi, I'm Martha Beck. And I'm Rowan Mangan. And this is Bewildered, the podcast for people trying to figure it out. Not us, though. We wouldn't know what that's like at all. No, no, no. We never have to try to figure anything out because we just lie under the bed and pretend it's not happening. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. I I speak for myself. I'm speaking for myself, yes. Yes. The royal we. But seriously, what are you trying to figure out these days, Rolly Joe? Oh, just not much. Just everything. Just all of it. Yeah, that. That. Which parts of that? Yeah, the thing that's plaguing me right now is I have – this situation where I kind of like all the things that I do. I like being a mother. Mm-hmm. I like writing a story. Oh, yes. I like being a job lady with a job. A job lady. I like uh, writing a newsletter. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I like it. You like it all. But not at the same time. That, but you should you should do all that while riding a unicycle on an elephant's back. I do <laughs> it's true that's exactly the experience that I'm describing thank you for oh, putting it into really words rough because it's a whole frame of mind right you can't just and what everybody thinks what I used to think is I'll just work on my book then I'll go put the kids you know down for their naps then I'll come back and work on the book again book writing lady is not have children lady exactly they don't even know each other oh my god and the jet lag say more 
like to get up out of book lady and over into mum lady. It can't like it's a whole yeah it's it's like you have to go up on a rocket to the moon and then come back and do reentry as you can't just click 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 into these different personae. I just I just don't I can't figure it out like I can't there's nothing wrong right. I just need a different life for each of them. Is that so freaking much to ask, <laughs> right? Marty? Just eight or ten lifetimes. S- yeah, simultaneous lifetime trajectories where you just get to be what you are. I yeah. just need to dedicate myself to one of my many passions. <laughs> please, please, could you dedicate yourself to me? <laughs> <laughs> That's already happened. Ah, right, so you're juggling that one pretty well. That, am I the elephant under the unicycle? I hope to be. <laughs> you I are always the-, the elephant under my unicycle, babe. Oh, gosh. <laughs> what are you trying to figure out, Marty? Um, mine isn't as profound. I'm just trying to figure out how not to uh, scream and fall down at physical therapy. Just at physical therapy? <laughs> <laughs> yes, because people aren't necessarily watching and or they don't see me do it every week. So they right. think that I'm in a genuine catastrophe when I scream mm. and fall down in other places. When you scream and fall down here, Darren and I just carry on. Yeah, you just you just sort of step over the body and keep going. <laughs> I, I'm having oh, and by the way, physical therapy is American for physio. Yeah, le physio. Yeah, Americans won't go to anything unless someone tells them it's therapy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my physical therapist is like, flex this. How did you feel when you were five? <laughs> <laughs> she, this woman is. <laughs> flex this how did you feel <laughs> were you forced to flex this as a child oh dear that's terrible actually this woman is a dream come true i used in my childhood seriously i had this imaginary friend named a nurse because mm. i went i had my tonsils out when i was two and this woman came into the child ward where i was and she was like tucking in children. She was really good with kids and really firm. And, you know, I was the seventh of eight kids. No one actually knew where I was at any given time. And I said to the kid in the next cot, who is that woman? And the kid said, that's ah, a nurse. And I was like, a nurse. That name shall be sacred to me. <laughs> and a nurse was my disciplinarian imaginary friend. Well, I have found a nurse in the real world in the person of my physical therapist. And she, she does things like, all right, put your head on the ground, <laughs> straighten both legs, feet on the floor, and now toddle, toddle. <laughs> you know, I mean, not that, but she knows a hundred <laughs> different exercises. And I'm like, I don't even know it. That sounds like the Ministry of Silly Walks. And she's like, no, like this. And she's got 50 pounds as she does the silly walk. And then I'm like, all right, that doesn't look too hard. And I pick up a five pound weight and try it. And I'd be I proceed to the screaming and falling down, and I'm not even exaggerating. Okay, so so far what I've got from this is mm. exercise is hard. Yes, very. I will never try it. Oh, that's such Thank a good you. idea. Why didn't I? You just figured it out. Now, toddle, 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 toddle. I am not, okay, this is literally true. <laughs> literally, I am not exaggerating this one iota. Mm-hmm. I was doing my little physical therapy with the other people there in the in the physical therapy gym. And I didn't think I was being that loud. But then I hear a a man like across the the hall saying to another physical therapist, you're going to have to put that woman in the hospital. (laughs) (laughs) I 
I used to be so tough. Did you? No. No. I've always been a scream and fall down kind of person. It suits you. Oh, does that lead us as a segue into our topic of the day or does it? Not at all. Okay, great. Let's just segue. (laughs) Segue. This is the segue part. I was once, I have to tell you about possibly one of the most perfect moments of my life is that once I was having dinner at a friend's house Mm -hmm. and we (laughs) were talking about those things, segues Uh that you stand on and you lean forward. right. And it drives you along the street. Mm-hmm, like a little scooter. Sort of. Um, and my friend Jeff, his daughter walked in and she said, hey, speaking of segues, <laughs> and and had another story about those things where you lean forward and go down the street. Uh-huh. But it was speaking of segues. It was like a dream within a dream. It was inception <laughs> of segues. Oh. It was a segue within a segue about a segue. Oh my God. <laughs> Mind blown. Mind blown. And that actually is a perfect segue. We'll be right back with more Bewildered. I have a favor to ask. You might not know this, but ratings and reviews are like gold in the podcasting universe. They get podcasts in front of more faces, more eyes, more ears, all the bits that you could have a podcast in front of. That's what they do. So it would help us enormously if you would consider going over to your favorite podcasting app, especially if it's Apple, and giving us a few stars, maybe even five, maybe even six. If you can find a way to hack the system, I wouldn't complain. And uh, a review would also be wonderful. We read them all and love them. So thank you very much in advance. Let's just go out there and bewilder the world. Change, eh? Mm, It sure does keep happening. I feel like there's something that you, Martha Beck, have created that will help us understand how change affects us and how to manage it. By coincidence, now that you mention it, I have. It's called the change cycle. Mm. It's about four aspects of the whole process of change. And we've put the information together in one handy place so that the people can refer to it when they're going through change. And you know what else? We also made podcast episodes about each of the four squares in the cycle that are also on this new page that we've made for the peoples. Well, how remarkable is that? All right. You can find out all about the change cycle at marthabeck.com slash change. We're talking about something that uh, our wonderful friend and listener, Sydney, did send in. Yeah, so this is a Bewild Files episode where we hear what y'all are trying to figure out um, and we can just all be bewildered together. So let's hear from Sydney. I am in a huge life upheaval right now. A few months ago, it felt like everything exploded and I just intuitively knew that I had to flip my whole life upside down and start fresh. So I did that thing where you quit your job and you move and it's chaotic and it still is. And um, I'm technically unemployed and homeless, but I'm calling it nomadic and self-employed. And I just realized the past 10 years, I felt like I was in a sleepy haze and time is ticking and I have dreams I want to pursue. I'm a musician. I want to go for it. And I've received so much criticism about my life choices. So if you have any tips on that, that'd be great. Wow. Brave, brave, Sydney. Yeah. Kudos. 
So you, you're hearing that the whole voices of culture everywhere. Yeah, the criticism. Ugh. But vile. also Sydney's done this brilliant sort of reframe. Yeah, I love how the she's taking what's technically <laughs> unemployed and homeless and calling it self-employed nomadic which is brilliant because the way that you come back at the culture Marty mm. is that you name shit I mean this is you actually got me onto uh-huh, this uh-huh. you're you're brilliant at just like thinking up a name for something <laughs> actually the other day we we tried to do a podcast on a different topic and we had to abandon it because uh-huh. Marty decided to name this feeling <laughs> gravy <laughs> Cravy gravy. (laughs) Yeah, cravy gravy. I mean, isn't that not catchy? It's about when you crave something, get that flavor. (laughs) Like if you were married. So we had to abandon it. Um, but it, nevertheless, naming things is good. And, and like the self-employed nomad. Right. Suddenly, like it's anthropological in its scope. Like for hundreds of thousands of years, people were nomadic and self-employed. And, and like experiencing cravy gravy. All the time. And probably just munching that cravy gravy. Ugh. Oh. Oh. Terrible. Well, you Damn. do eat gravy. You just don't munch it. That gives the impression that it's solid. <laughs> solid gravy is horrible. I know gravy that gravy. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Everybody out there who re- is fascinated by the phrase cravy gravy I... and desperately wants a podcast on it, just like email. So there are these inspirational quotes that get sent out from Martha Beck and, <laughs> uh, and they're called Compass Points. Uh-huh. They go out by email, the social media and all this inspirational stuff and I'm going to ensure that the week this podcast comes out, the, the <laughs> inspirational quote, I know gravy that gravy. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Sydney. Sorry. We got a little bit off track there. I just had this weird sense that you were talking to Sydney, Australia, like, mm. hello, New York. Okay, <laughs> anyway, the point is that this uh, nomadic self-employed lifestyle following a job situation is not okay with the culture. Yeah. And the language around leaving that is so violent for us. It's like, um, I blew up my life. Everything's exploding. Yeah, yeah. And hang on, I just want to say the thing about um, the renaming stuff hmm. and what strikes me so much in this whole topic is – that where that what Sydney's doing is she's saying, I'm a self-employed nomad. Mm. She's not, what she's not doing is saying, I'm not homeless. I'm not unemployed ah. because that is in reaction to the culture. Yeah, it sounds you know, defensive. It sounds you're used. You're using the culture's own terminology mm. and denying it, and that's buying in. Like I keep thinking in reaction to right. is a form of buying in, you know, like they're in political discourse it's, you know, Democrats having to go, it's not a death tax. <laughs> <You know? laughs> and then boom, then whoever's named it the death tax has won because then you've That's right. The Everybody's repeating that. Language is the bedrock of culture. So when you shift the language, you shift the culture. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. But yeah, so it's all language. It's exploding your life. And here's the thing. Exploding your life is right. I mean, I think Sydney said, you know, I I flipped it upside down. All these, but it's all these very, very violent images. And Mm -hmm. the reason is that leaving the culture is a violent act. Culture is so 
powerful mm. that you need an immense amount of energy to break out of it. This is my theory. Uh-huh. And you have to do it for real. Like mm. it has to be an explosion because if you just kind of like tiptoe out of the culture <laughs> and leave a trail of breadcrumbs behind uh-huh. you, you're going to go back. Yes. Like you're going to go back because you're going to have a dark, cold night when you'd give anything to go back to your warm bed and culture. Yeah. And that's how the culture gets you unless you explode it. Yeah. I always, when I worked with clients, I would say you're, you're trying to parachute and hold on to the airplane at the same time. Right. If you're just hanging on to a rudder or something, not the rudder, the wing, and you expect your parachute to inflate then and, and gently take you down, but you, you're not going to let go until the parachute inflates. <sighs> yeah. And then that is, that is death. Mm-hmm. I mean, jumping on the plane is really, really scary. You could call it violent. I mean, another thing that came up for me while you were talking about that is that birth is so violent. Like Mm. birth is a violent experience for the mother and for the baby. Mm. And it's almost like going to a new phase of your life. You have to go through that birth experience and it's, you're right. It's gnarly. Yeah, it is. And so what culture will tell you is exactly what Sydney said. She feels like the last 10 years of her life have been a sleepy haze. Mm. Culture's like, that's perfect. That's fine. It's going to be comfortable. It's going to be boring. It's going to be predictable. There's going to be fluorescent lights. There's going to be health insurance. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And just live out the rest of your days here and don't challenge anything. Don't be challenged by anything. And that's fine. Yes. Put on your uncomfortable shoes and your smart, smart office wear. And just do what you're told. Rowie, at this juncture, may I quote Dante? I was hoping you would. I knew. You were just setting it up. No, the very first lines of the Divine Comedy say, uh, in the middle of this, our life, I came to myself in a dark wood. And the the right way had been lost. And it's exactly this Mm. sleepy haze. It's misty. He can't remember how he got there. He's like, I don't know the way out. And I just don't like it here and he tries to climb a mountain to get out and everything but what he has to do to get out is to go through hell to go through the infernal it's another metaphor for the violence of the act of not staying in the haze Mm -hmm. and instead of you know either being in the culture or in reaction to the culture Mm -hmm. you have to go through hell in order to be on your own terms yeah he doesn't take anybody with him you know well He's, he, he has a ghost guiding him, but that's a, you know. We all do. Wait till the movie comes out, guys. It's going to be a laugh riot. <laughs> <laughs> so I want to, here's the thing. You are way better at this than I am. At, You've done it over Causing over. explosions. <laughs> uh, well, I've caused a it's lot awesome. of explosions. <laughs> well, not, this is not literally true. <laughs> but the self-employed nomad thing, you're way more experienced at this than I am. Yeah, I probably spent 10 years of my life in that mode, Sydney. So I'm I'm right there with you. I uh God, I don't it's so funny. It's like I I did a lot of travel mm-hmm. and that's not exactly what Sydney's talking about, I don't think, cuz she's just like she's But you did quit jobs, yeah? Oh yeah, I quit a ton of jobs. I quit more <laughs> jobs than I ever got. <laughs> Um, you just walk into a company and go, you can't fire me. I quit and then walk out. <laughs> a friend of ours had a song 
that she wrote that had the line, I've died more times than I've been born. Yeah. So cool. That's a cool, cool thing. Um, yeah, so for me, that that way of living is outside of, you know, living outside of culture in that way, mm-hmm. it's really important to me, I found, as we started talking about this. It's like it's quite a deep like almost value system for me this and it's about it's what I was saying before it's not about being in the culture Mm because but it's really really definitely not about being in reaction to the culture and that's what's hard is that it's easy to be the thing or the opposite of the thing yes what's tricky is being neither yeah yeah and that's what I think is so interesting about this it's because that's the the frontier, you know, that's living right. right on the edge, the frontier, and that's what Sydney's doing with her music, with her life. And it's freaking awesome. Yeah. And it is so hard. It really, really is. And it is the only way that you can ever be sure your life is real. Wow. That is my I love soapbox. that. I mean, put... I'm going to hop back into a callback to what you were saying as the thing you're trying to figure out, because as a working mother of young toddlers, the first time around, I wrote my dissertation on how women are coping with these multiple demands. And what I found was exactly what you're saying. Some women were super traditional, like, you know, white picket fans staying home with the the kitties, um, which was great. And then there were others who were super duper feminist and hated that whole idea. And they were sort of at, at either extreme, there were sort of these wars going on. Mm. But most of the women, what I found out was that they were being asked to do impossible things, to, to work as a man in the culture, get a job, earn the money. And as a woman, which is never get a job, you know, like they were trying to reconcile mutually exclusive things. And so there were the culture and the antagonism to the culture. But in the middle, there were a bunch of women who'd been so conflicted that they popped out of social construction completely and they went to this third thing. And at first I didn't even notice it. And then when I went back and looked at my data and saw it, I was like, what's the third thing? And the answer was leaving culture. And like, I hadn't even connected that to what you were doing. I thought you were being cool and having adventures and, but you were like, no, 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 it is not the job thing. And it is not the, you know, homeless living with your mother thing or whatever it is, it is a different thing. It is to walk outside the culture on my own path. And it's, I hear your stories of doing that. And I didn't do that, right? I did it in a much more culture bound way than you or Sydney. I just sort of hung in there until I couldn't stand a situation again. And then I would like do something like leaving my religion that sort of did blow it all up. But the way you've done it, it was a stated value for you from the beginning. Yeah, and it wasn't, the explosion was just the means, hmm. right? It wasn't the point. Mm-hmm. And, you know, for you, I think you were saying, you know, there's that that sense of a crucible. And yeah. and for me, it's like, no, it's just adventure. It, but it's not adventure in a swashbuckling way. It's It's very deep sense of, you know, uh, Ani DeFranco line, inevitable, <laughs> Ani DeFranco lyric, I was blessed with a birth and a death and I guess I just want some say in between. It's mm. like it's like take to me 
taking life as seriously as I possibly can means throwing everything away again and again and starting fresh and walking out into a street that I've never seen before Mm. as many mornings as I can. Oh, you're giving me the chills, Rowan Mangan. And smelling different smells, but I like to smell a new smell. (laughs) Let's just go around the house and smell everything to make sure that we've... have the richness of that experience can i tell you something yes please people (laughs) i don't know if anyone who knows me actually listens to this but people who know me well will know that one of my things that i do which is like must be so obnoxious it must be so hard to be my friend is like if people order something in a restaurant a nice dish i will ask to smell it not not to have a bite (laughs) no that would be too normal man this is what it's like to live outside coaching you just go around smelling your friends desserts oh i'm so glad you said desserts at the end (laughs) (laughs) that's what i call them okay oh that's what you call them (laughs) oh lordy so how do we deal with it how do we figure it all out i will tell you in just a minute hello the lovely peoples This is Marty, Martha, inviting you to a free masterclass that I have made called Five Paths to Your Purpose. Probably the most common question I get from people is, how do I find my purpose? Why don't I feel that I'm on purpose? Well, it turns out there are certain things you have to do to find your purpose, and I broke them down into five, and I made a little masterclass about it. So if you'd like to see it, just go to marthabeck.com slash purpose and you will be able to watch it without any charge at all. So Sydney was saying um, that she was having trouble handling the criticism that she was getting from the culture, which you have talked about as change back attacks. The voices of the culture when you change, when you try to leave it, you get attacked. You do. You do, because the culture depends on the participation of all the members. Um, And it's painful. It is. Yeah, it's really painful. But here's the thing, right? Yeah. Just deal with it, Sydney. Just get used to it. It's not going to go away. It's not. And listen to me. This criticism and the pain that it causes is the price you pay for living in the magical places Mm. of this world, of living on the border, on the frontier, right out there. And when this is what my, this is what my whole Wild Adventures Mm -hmm. newsletter is Mm -hmm. about on Substack is it's about when life feels amazing and looks weird, that's when you're doing it right. (laughs) That's the sweet spot. Oh my gosh, that's so helpful. If it feels good and looks weird, (gasps) I mean, maybe it doesn't look weird, because you might happen to have a true nature that falls in that really narrow band of what the culture considers, but not many people have that. Must be nice. <laughs> yeah, right. Jeez. Yeah, so that's what I've got to say about criticism. Wow, that's it's not very helpful. Amazing. But... And it, 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 it feels great and looks weird. Mm-hmm. Oh, that I want that on a bumper sticker. I want it tattooed. Feel good, look weird. Um, gosh, <laughs> I've always looked weird (laughs) (laughs) but I know what you mean because we did we did a podcast with Glennon Doyle and Abby Wamba and we talked about being in a throuple we did yeah and go back and listen to previous episodes if you don't know this already but I had a friend who didn't know this who emailed me and was like 
You know, that's weird. And I mean, after all my life experiences, I still felt this deep pain. Hmm. You know, it's not fun to be criticized. So like for me, what I would say to Sydney, see if it works for her is like, I, I just breathe and, and let, let it hurt. Hmm. I'm not going to try to push it away. And then um, up comes my recognition that this, I watch myself, I watch the other person and I just think, oh, they're caught in culture. They're caught. Hmm. And when you're caught in culture, you want to pull everyone back in like frogs or crabs trying to pull each other down. Because you think that's the only way to be safe. Yeah. So you're trying to keep you, you know, what she's trying to do is keep you safe. Yes. Don't do that. Don't do that. You don't realize that it's not safe outside of culture. Oh my gosh. When I left Mormonism and they literally think you're going to float in outer darkness for eternity, people would just sob. No, you can't leave. Make them excommunicate you if you must. And I was like, I don't believe it. <laughs> you know, mm. I'm not going to do it. But oh my God, they were absolute best motivation in the world. Culture teaches you that living the culture is death, mm-hmm. destruction. And you just put your guitar in a case and walked off like 20 times. I think the culture is a bit like smokers. <laughs> you know, cigarette smokers. <laughs> like, don't leave. It's not safe out there. <laughs> Stay with us. <laughs> so nice here in our nicotine haze. Oh, I wish I knew what nicotine felt like. It's amazing. <laughs> Oh, it's well, so now you just told all the disclaimer, Kitty. She's joking. Don't smoke. Don't be an idiot. Everyone knows it's bad for you, but oh, oh, to go back to the time before we knew it was bad, or before we cared. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, yeah, and you'll be fine because here's the thing. No, there's no going back. You exploded that. You've burnt that bridge, and well done. Mm-hmm. It's hard. That's the hardest bit, but what you the mistake that you can make here is expecting to create another life Mm. that is comfortable and safe because you've you've given that up that's what you've given up you will always live on the frontier now Mm. and oh my god congratulations it's so great out here yeah i'm so glad you're joining us yeah Oh, so much. I was talking to someone, you're talking about burning the bridges. Mm. I was talking to someone the other day who's going to Burning Man. Oh, yeah. Which is a big, in case somebody doesn't know, a big collection of people. It's a festival. Who set things on fire? I'm not sure. I've never been there. <laughs> no, it sounds really amazing. And if you've been there and you're a fan, like, I'm, I so respect you. And this person was saying, yeah, I'm going to go to Burning Man and I wait all year to let this other person out. And then that person has to go back to their job afterwards and everything. And I was like, don't come back. And they were all, but my job and everything. And I said, no, I don't mean that. Hmm. You may leave your job or you may not, but if you are waiting to go be your authentic self, great. Use it as a stepping stone to being yourself, even when you're not going to a special festival. Like Hmm. who would you be if you were the burning man self in your job? Mm Mm-hmm. And maybe the job would work better. Maybe it wouldn't. I don't know. But choosing the the wild self, mm. you're right. It's a way of life. And if you go, if you think, oh, I've got another role now. I've got, I'm my crazy self. I'm, I'm going to be an artist or whatever. You'll fall right back into the culture. 
Right. Because you will go by the culture's definition of an artist, definition yeah. of a maverick even. Yeah. It's so tricky. But as soon as you're doing stereotypes and you're modeling your clothing and your behavior after some other group, you're back in culture. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You got to be it. Yeah. Name it and then freaking be it. Be That's it. your trail. That's yeah, your path man. through life. Yeah. Yeah. So. So, yeah. So I think. I think yeah I think that I spent time trying to leave here go there recreate the here there mm. you know yeah and as long as you believe there's a there there <laughs> then it's um it's not gonna it's not gonna lead to anything but disappointment I think it's the voyage it's the travel it's the the experience of of life, even if it is life as a kind of pilgrimage, or it's just a style. It's a style of living that is about smelling different smells every day, as you know, <laughs> that other people might have ordered. Maybe you had a, another life as a dog. The smell thing has been strong here. No, you know what? There used to be an occupation called explorer. Yeah. There used to be a world to explore, and there were people who lived on that edge of discovery you know darwin going off on the hms beagle and figuring out uh the theory of evolution because he was exploring and then the geographic world got kind of you know known and people stopped being explorers there's a value to the voyage itself mm -hmm. that i think sings to some people's souls yeah and it went away yeah modern yeah. culture kind of <laughs> stomped it flat but you would go from like working in a call center to being in a three dollar hotel room in india because you value the voyage yeah because to me um the the richness of experience is the point the mm. the novelty the newness the being on the edge of something i've never uh experienced before so is worth it all to me because you could do that at any moment, but st staying in familiarity is, is um, an illusion because you don't know what's going to happen in the next moment. You could do something radical if the thought came to you or something radical could happen to you. So if you're valuing the richness of experience, that is the access to a variety of experiences is very, is continuous. You can always read a new book, meet a new person, think a new thought, create something new. But our culture is about the richness of possession, mm. of grabbing something and hanging on to it, which is not possible because everything's always changing. So if you value the richness of experience, you're in tune with the way things actually go, always mm. unexpected, always changing. If you're clamped onto the richness of possession, it's like, stay in that job, you're going to need it. Uh, interesting, yeah, about like... It's sort of about maintaining the illusion of that anything can be permanent or owned or possessed, right? right? It's and like, we're not permanent. We're as temporary as it gets. Yeah, it's so interesting when people uh, talk to me about why their lives have changed and they're, they're like upset because they've lost something. They didn't actually walk away, but they've lost something. And they're like, why is this happening to me? Why is this happening to me? It's wrong. And there must, the universe can't be benevolent, whatever. And one day I just found myself blurting to someone, it's happening to you because your soul values experience and it's not afraid to suffer. Mm. 
Mm. Even suffering is because those explorers, man, they suffered. I just read a book about Richard Burton, Sir Richard Burton, who discovered the source of the Nile. At one point, he went, he got, they got attacked. Um, his party got attacked and he came running out of his tent shouting and somebody threw a spear at him, a javelin, and it went right through his face between his teeth, like in one cheek and out the other and lodged his mouth open. He lost four teeth and it was three or four days before they could take it out. This was not a comfortable profession. On the other hand, he did get to marry Elizabeth Taylor twice. <laughs> so I don't know if he had the thing in his mouth at the time or not. But. Probably that's what drew her to him. I love a man <laughs> with a javelin in his face. <laughs> Oy. But yeah, they, they would just go, they would get so sick and they would get so injured and they would just have somebody put them in a stretcher and keep exploring. That's how bright that burns in some people. Yeah. And you're much more like that than me, but as we've been talking about it, I'm like, I want to light that fire a bit. Yeah. Yeah. What Shame we have a toddler. <laughs> what? Shame we have a toddler. Most of those uh, explorers back in the day were not Can um, I tell you something, Mel? Mothers. Mm. When you said, you know, I really, this motherhood is an experience I want to have and let's, you know, the clock is ticking and everything. I went, okay, let's have a brand new baby in your late 50s. This will be an adventure. So it, it was... That actually, even the toddler herself mm. is part of my richness of experience. Yeah. Oh, Where, me too. When I was younger, I was just like, that's what you do. You have kids. But when you do something that looked, it didn't look weird for me to have kids in my 20s. It looked mm. weird for me to have kids in my 50s. Mm. But looking weird and feeling good is how you know you're on the right track. And it feels amazing to have that little person in our lives. And actually, if you look back the way the explorers did at all the, the everything they'd done, and they would just subtract the suffering, mm. and they'd come back with these experiences like jewels in their in their sort of treasure chest of experience. They wouldn't have any money. It's not it's not the same life when you value possession first as when you value the richness of experience first, because you can look back on anything weird that happened to you and say. What was the richness of experience that came from that? Mm. And even if it was painful, the experience is super rich. I wonder if it's harder. Like you had kids when you were expected to. Mm -hmm. And I think that was very difficult for you because you hadn't chosen it as an experience. Mm -hmm. Well, you, you know, like, do you know what I mean? Like a, you hadn't gone, I want this experience right now. Yeah. It, it was sort of like, here's the next thing. Yep. And it was within the culture. Yep. Now that's not saying anything about how you feel about your older kids. That's not what I mean at all. But like when you're choosing something within culture, the texture of the experience can be harder so to different. access. So different. Yeah. I, it, and uh, I wish so much that I could go back and tell that to my 20 year old self, mm. like wait until you want the experience Mm. Not when, you know, again, with the Mormonism, that's what, what encultured me. And you're supposed to have many kids at a young age in that culture. Mm. and like women to breed well in captivity. And I love those three people that came out of my body beyond anything I can express. But man, when you sit around and say, no, I really want this. Mm. It's just a better ride for everybody. And I want to not because of the culture or against the culture, but independent 
of the culture, like independent of what the expectations are. That's the key thing. You're neither fish nor fowl because both fish and fowl are part of the culture and you're going to be, I don't know, a dragon. (laughs) It's kind of both. (laughs) It's like, I'm not going to be fish nor fowl. I'm going to be an elm tree, like something that's not even on that scale, that spectrum from one side to the other. Get off every spectrum spectrum of culture. And by the way, Sydney, there's fun people out here. There's a lot of fun. It's not like I'm making it sound quite dire, but it's super fun. It can feel dire in those dark nights. But you said something uh, when we were talking about this for a minute before you said, but you'll get the society of the wild. Yeah, the society of the wild are all waiting for you. Wildlings, like on the other side of the wall. Only they don't kill you as much. They won't kill you as much and it's not quite as cold most of the time. (laughs) Yeah, um, and the weird thing is you might not be able to spot them because they don't wear a certain outfit. They wear their own outfit. It's like Hannah Gadsby said in her um, show, Douglas, she's talking about being on the autism spectrum. And she says, if you've met one person on the autism spectrum, you've met one person on the autism spectrum. Everyone's experience is different. You can't categorize. And I think that if we were all living our wildest lives, you don't immediately spot the others, but there's a kind of there's a kind of glimmer that comes into people's eyes when they realize they're talking to another one. Mm-hmm. So when I did all that research on on these women, I interviewed like 350 women or something, and some of them were traditionalists, some of them were feminists, but most of them were somewhere off the spectrum, and they were living their own lives from the inside. And you could take an 18 year old and an 80 year old, totally different lives, different cultures. If those two got talking and they said, no, you have to leave the spectrum, they would, their eyes would light up and they're like, you're another one. You're another explorer. You called them mystics at one point. Yeah, absolutely. They were having mystical experiences and maybe that's what the explorers were after too. Mm. And they, um, they delighted in each other, no matter how different they were, because the one thing they had in common was an absolute commitment to uniqueness. And there was so much love between them. And it was, it was just very exciting. The Society of the Wild is, is wonderful. Yeah. So come join us there, yeah. Sydney and everyone else. Everybody, stay, stay wild. We hope you're enjoying Bewildered. If you're in the USA and want to be notified when a new episode comes out, text the word WILD to 570-873-0144. We're also on Instagram. Our handle is Bewildered Podcast. You can follow us to get updates, hear funny snippets and outtakes, and chat with other fans of the show. Bewildered is produced by Scott Forster with support from the brilliant team at MBI. And remember, if you're having fun, please rate and review and stay wild. You know, what I'm seeing out in the world is a lot of fear and a growing amount of despair. Maybe you're feeling that way too, because the ways our culture has taught us to navigate the world, to navigate our lives, they are failing us. We need a new language. We need a new set of tools to find our way individually and as a group. And I know we can still do this. I put everything I do know about it into Wayfinder Life Coach Training. And the tools that I teach there 
are to help people redefine how we relate to each other, how we make a living, how we do community. We can only change the world for the better if we redefine how we think. And the world needs wayfinders now more than ever. So please go to MarthaBeck.com and you'll find your way.